Editing Mel here. There's a bit of echo in this episode. Kristen has just moved into a new house and there was no furniture at the time of this recording. We apologise and we will have better audio quality next week. Thank you. In a great hall with pillars hewn out of the living stone sat the elven king on a chair of carven wood. On his head was a crown of golden berries and leaves. For the autumn was come again. In the spring he wore a crown of woodland flowers. In his hand he held a carven staff of oak. The Hobbit. Chapter 9. Barrels Out of Bounds. Megavannen, and welcome back to Interesting Tales from Tolkien, a podmoot. I'm Mel. And I'm Kristen. And this week we are covering The Hobbit, Chapter 9, Barrels Out of Bond. What do you think, Kristen? I think I rocked my predictions. It was a very good prediction. I was sitting there going, oh, maybe maybe something's clicking in her head or maybe she's just very good at guessing. I not only guessed that there would be barrels, I guessed that they would be empty wine barrels and that they would be thrown into the river. So all the points for me. (laughs) (laughs) It may never work out that well again, but okay. Oh, I also predicted that it would be Bilbo by himself with the ring who found Thorin and figured out the plan. 10 points for what house are you? Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. There we go. So we have no new characters this week, so we can just jump straight in. In we go. We go back to Bilbo and the company, and it's the day after they battled the spiders, and luckily for them, they are rescued by wood elves. When we say rescued, captured, but it's it's a rescue in a sorts. Wood elves are better than spiders. They are so excited not to be hungry and alone and in the forest, they don't even care. Even if the dwarves had not been in such a state that they were actually glad to be captured. But Bilbo is quick thinking. When the elves come upon them, he popped on his ring and is totally missed by them. That ring is coming in very handy. Deus Ex Machina. Well, Bilbo may have popped on his ring, but he was still having to be awfully careful because here we are back in another underground lair in a bunch of tunnels, and Bilbo may be invisible, but he still casts a shadow, and he can still be bumped into and discovered. So poor guy is basically hiding in plain sight, except he's got to be even more careful. Yes, so we go into caves that are much more pleasant than goblin caves. These are the King's Caves, which we did briefly get to see last chapter with Thorin. And we come to the King's Throne Room, and I just love the description. In a great hall with pillars hewn out of living stone sat the elven king on a chair of carven wood. On his head was a crown of berries and red leaves, for the autumn was come again. Love, love, love it. He's just so pretty to hear described last time we heard about his crown upon his golden head. And then without Thorin, Balin is up and Balin wants out. Yeah, so Balin steps forward and he says, Is it a crime to be lost in the forest, to be hungry and thirsty, to be trapped by spiders? Are the spiders your tame beasts or your pets if killing them makes you angry? Which only upsets our king more. Well, and then they throw the dwarves in prison one by one so they can't even talk to each other yep keep them all separate until someone wishes to speak but at least they feed them 
Yes, the elves are not wicked folk, as we were reminded last week. That's right. These ones are just hermit elves, and they don't want anyone in their forest. I can understand. Sometimes I don't want anyone in my forest. I I don't have a forest. I've got some really nice bushland around my place, and I don't want anyone in it, especially not the kids from the the school across the road. Ugh, kids. Aren't you one of those get-off-my-lawn people? No, I am justified. They, there's a, between their school and the shops is my house. And they go to the shops and they get their chips and whatever. And then they scatter all the rubbish all the way back between here, the school and the shop. And I don't like it. And they also threw rocks at my neighbor's balcony one day. Don't know why. So I think I can justifiably tell them to get out of my forest. Well, so now it's up to Bilbo. Bilbo has his ring on, but... Now he has to go around and discover where everybody went. And it's a good thing he's a burglar because he can at least steal some food to eat. And after a bit, he's found them all, except for Thorin. But then he overhears that there is another dwarf in prison in a specially deep, dark place. And he guessed at once that it was Thorin. And finally... He comes upon him. And it's really too bad that Thorin has previously been so suspicious of Bilbo because now he's actually really glad to see him. And Thorin manages to give Bilbo a message to give to all the rest of the dwarves. And it's really a good thing that Bilbo showed up when he did because Thorin was about to spill the beans and tell the elf king everything. And he manages to get this message to Bilbo that all the dwarves should just keep their little lips shut until, until Bilbo figures it out. Yeah. They don't want to share their treasure with the elves. They're like, well, if we tell the elves what we're up to, we'll have to share our treasure. But if we trust in Bilbo, then we'll see what happens. Perhaps he's going to be the one to help us out of this. Well, it really is sort of left to him, right? I mean, Bilbo's really the only choice because everyone else is currently locked up. Bilbo, however, did not feel nearly so hopeful as they did. He did not like being depended upon by everyone, and he wished he had the wizard at hand. But that was no use. Yeah, don't we all? Don't we all wish we had a wizard who would just show up randomly and just about the time we were about to face a disaster and... Wave their magic wand? Yeah, come on, Gandalf. And once again, our narrator says, but of course, as you have guessed, he did rescue his friends in the end, and this is how it happened. So just quickly for timeline, they this takes a month. From when they're captured to when they escape is a month in the king's castle. Palace, caves. Wow. It's quite the long delay that we have here in Mirkwood. So they're in those cells for quite a while, and Bilbo is stealing food and sleeping in corners for quite a while. That man, a month. And wearing the ring. He does not take it and off. wearing the ring. Well, at least we know the power doesn't wear off just because he wears it all the time. That's a good thing. Doesn't need to have its batteries recharged every night. <laughs> right, like my Fitbit. <laughs> so Bilbo discovered a very interesting thing. The Great Gates were not the only entrance to the caves. A stream flowed under part of the lowest regions of the palace and joined the Forest River some way further to the east, beyond the steep slope out of which the main mouth opened. This is a really amazing discovery. And 
good on Bilbo. And then he also figures out not only that there is this other entrance, but what it's for, what they do there. And, you know, clearly that's a lot of hiding behind stuff. And I also love one of these interesting words that you only hear in Tolkien when he's looking out of the trap doors and listening to how the wine and everything comes up the river and to the long lake. It seemed a town of men still throve there, which is clearly the past tense of thrive. I just loved it because no one ever says throve. Yeah, you usually say thrived. Right. Or we're thriving or some other. Yeah. So the thing I like, and I'll draw you back to the elves are party creatures. It says the wood elves and especially their king were very fond of wine. Though no vines grew in those parts, the wine and other goods were bought from far away. So this is basically Uber Eats for elves. <laughs> Get it sent up the river. Probably takes a lot longer than Uber Eats. And maybe they remember to tip their drivers. Well, they use their own drivers. So, you know, hopefully the elves who guide the boats are well paid. Well, let's hope so. Major salaries. You unionize the elves. <laughs> That's all we need. It's spew for elves. The society, the society for the Protection of Elvish Welfare exists in the Tolkien universe as well. They govern it themselves, though. They, they don't need anyone to advocate for them by the looks of it. With this knowledge, Bilbo waits for the right time. And he overhears that the king's butler is talking to the chief of the guards and says, Come taste the new wine that has just come in. I shall be hard at work tonight clearing the cellars of the empty wood. So let's have a drink first to help the labor. And it turns out this wine is amazing. And not only does it taste great, but it puts everybody to sleep because it's the heady vintage of the great gardens of Dorwinian. And I did something I probably shouldn't have. I opened up my browser and I put in wine of Dorwinian and got just enough hits to realize that, oh, this is a thing. So then I closed my browser. <laughs> I've never looked it up. Well, I'm wondering if somebody didn't actually name a, a vineyard or one of their vintages or something after it just for grins. But anyway. Oh, no, they, they I'm sure they did. There is a property out near where my parents are called Rivendell. Uh, heading between where my parents are to here is Brandywine, and that's a place in the Shire. So people definitely name things after Lord of the Rings. Well, if you run the delivery service for the wine of Dorwinian, we would be proud to have you as a sponsor on the podcast. Just shoot us an email at podmute at gmail.com and uh, let, let's have a conversation about that. We'll, we'll probably sooner get DoorDash sponsoring us. They like to sponsor podcasts. <laughs> so more on this wine of Dorwinian is that it's not meant for the king's soldiers or his servants, but for his feasts and for small bowls and not for the butler's great flagons. But, you know, when you're the king's butler, I suppose you can sneakily get away with things like this. I wouldn't try. I also just thought, you know, it's a big feast. They probably are using every bit of cutlery and glassware that they have. So it may be that, oh gosh, the only drinking utensils that are left are the giant flagons. And, you know, somebody's got to drink out of them. Yeah, you know, but not a little drink. You know, they're filling them. Well, it's a flagon. Isn't that what you're supposed to do with it? I mean, it would be a shame to just put a wee dram in there. 
Uh, I think you'd get yourself in a lot of trouble in this king's halls. <laughs> I prefer my coffee in flagons. That's for sure. I'll drink. I'll drink wine out of a flagon. I look. I'm trash. I've drunk wine out of the bottle. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Because I totally have too. But all right. <laughs> so the chief of the guards and the king's butler. Drink and drink until they both fall asleep and Bilbo seizes his opportunity. And he goes and he gets them one by one. And I love it that as soon as Balin's door is open, he wants to make a break for it. And Bilbo has to convince him, no, 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 we got to stay together. Because it's either all of us or none of us. And this is the last chance. I do love that the reason they're able to escape is that there's just such a big party that everyone is either upstairs at the party or already asleep from having drunk the wine. I just love this. Yeah, taking advantage of the situation. So it gets to the point where Bilbo has 12 dwarves following him and he just thinks, drat this dwarvish racket because every time he stops, one of them bumps into one of the others, there's grunts and there's whispers, but luck is on their side and they meet no one. There's a really funny scene in the Disney Snow White, the Seven Dwarfs, that's like this. <laughs> They're going through the mine and, and they stop and all the dwarves just sort of domino on top of each other. <laughs> that's that's definitely the image Tolkien's giving us here as well. And they eventually, this is the thing, why not start at the deepest, darkest dungeon and then you only have one dwarf following you out instead of having to bring all 12 down and then lead all 13 back out. But anyway, upon my word, said Thorin, when Bilbo whispered to him to come out and join his friends, Gandalf spoke true as usual, a pretty fine burglar you make. It seems when the time comes, I'm sure we are all forever at your service. Whatever happens after this, but what comes next? So Bilbo decides it's a good time to explain his idea for getting them out, and it does not go over well. Well, it doesn't go over until Bilbo basically pulls a, a giant mom and dad move on them and is like, well, fine, I'll just put you back in your cells and I'll leave. And then they all are like, well, all right, maybe we'll stop complaining. <laughs> I, I do like how he words it. So he says, very well. Come along, back to your nice cells, and I will lock you all in again, and you can sit there comfortably and think of a better plan. But I don't suppose I shall ever get a hold of the keys again, even if I feel inclined to try. I love that. Even if I feel inclined to try. Like, I'm not even going to try and help you again if you don't do what I want now. Well, it's not what Bilbo wants. It's just, this is basically the only opportunity. Mm. So off they go, and then they finally get to the sleeping guards. And Balin is the one who has to stand watch again. Something I like before they all start piling into barrels, Bilbo puts the keys back on the guard's belt, saying... That was so sweet. Yeah. He, he doesn't want him in trouble because he wasn't a bad fellow and quite decent to the prisoners. He just let himself get sleeping potioned. Well, he... Yeah. Well, he did it to himself. He drank too much. Well, and too much of this really, really potent stuff. Now, I did love that so that we get into the empty barrels. And Bilbo is really concerned that they're going to be jostled around in there. And so he packs them in with straw and makes them all nice and comfy. Yeah. And yeah, he closes each of them in 
And just as he does so, fitting the last lid on being Balin's, there comes lights and elves come down. They've left the feast because they have duties to do and they're like, well, let's get it over with. We'll do it quick and then we can go back to feasting. And those duties are, of course, to let the barrels loose down the river so they can be replenished. And of course, we have a barrel rolling song because you can't possibly have this much physical labor without having a really fun song to go along with it. Of course, I'm thinking about all my years playing in polka bands and, you know, playing songs like roll out the barrel. (laughs) I just kept thinking about that when I was doing reading this bit. Well, go on then. Let's why don't you sing the four lines on page 172? Oh, no. <laughs> I just, the roll of the barrel is a different song. The, let's see. Roll, 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 rolling down the hole. Heave ho. I have no idea how it goes. <laughs> That's as far as I can go. Heave ho, splash, plump, down they go, down they bump. They send off the wine with the help of the butler who has been roused from his stupor. And everything looks great. Did you notice the floor in Bilbo's plan? I kept waiting. Like, and then Bilbo crawled into the barrel with this dwarf. Nope. And then here was the last dwarf. And then Bilbo crawls in and pulls the lid over. I kept waiting for it. And nope. And then I thought it was pretty impressive, though, that he basically just manages to hang on to the outside of one and swim along and then kind of get jostled and that was pretty amazing actually and and I love that several times people are you know the, the elves that are putting the barrels into the river are like, Gosh, man these are really heavy some of these didn't get emptied and and then later on when they're taking them out of the water like this is really heavy but nobody bothers to actually look and see if they're actually empty I thought that was hilarious yeah Always check your barrels, people. You never know what might be hiding in it. So the escape plan goes off without a hitch. I mean, Bilbo should have put himself in a barrel, but he didn't, but he manages anyway. He holds on, and down the river he goes with the others. And basically, they spend the rest of the time, the dwarves are still stuck in the barrels, and Bilbo has had to stay cold and wet and go off and hide in the forest again. And basically just try to stay out of the way. But we end this chapter not knowing whether they're going to be alive or dead. Our narrator tells us that there is actually not much to tell us about this adventure because we're actually drawing towards the end of our journey eastward. And of course, helped by his magic ring, he got on very well at first, but he was given away in the end by his wet footsteps and a trail of drippings they left wherever he went or sat. And also he began to snivel. So this village that they've ended up in is aware that something's happening, but we're not really sure. We don't get much of it. The barrels are collected up by the elves. And once again, this group of elves is also complaining, going, this is a heavy load. They float too deep. Some of these are never empty. If they had come ashore in the daylight, we might have had a look inside. Good timing, guys. They had escaped the dungeon of the king and were through the wood but whether alive or dead still remains to be seen. Well, at least we know Bilbo's alive. We know that Bilbo's alive, and he's really the only one that's important. Really? (laughs) None of the dwarves are important? Take him or leave him. Is the book called The Dwarves? No, it's called The Hobbit. 
There just seems to be so many of them. Surely, so, and, and Thorin Oakenshield has a last name. <laughs> I mean, surely if you have a surname, you're like right up there with Bilbo Baggins. All hobbits have surnames, so all hobbits are important. Is there anything else you want to add about this chapter, Kristen? I don't think so. I mean, once Bilbo came up with the plan, it actually seemed to be pretty straightforward. There, there wasn't a whole lot of obstacle this time with the plan. And it actually seemed to work out kind of magically. I mean, I know Gandalf's not around, but it really did seem like it was not just that Bilbo is the deus ex machina, that, I mean, that, like, there was the ease in getting the keys, and there was the wine that put everybody to sleep, and there was the big feast, and there were the barrels that nobody thought to look inside, and then there was the one that Bilbo was able to hang on to, and it just seemed like everything unfolded with the luck on their sides. I I have one comment. Not enough elves. Could have used more elves. (laughs) One day, one day, hopefully, you'll love elves as much as I do. I love them. I just don't know as much about them as you do. You know about other types of elves, but not these elves. (laughs) I do know about other types of elves. Next week, Chapter 10, A Warm Welcome. Well, I'm guessing that Bilbo is going to get out of his cold and wet clothes and be welcomed by somebody there at the village. And I'm thinking that the elves are going to be discovering the dwarves. And as soon as they take the lids off some of those barrels, they're going to find them some dwarves. And and I, I don't think any of the dwarves perished in the escape. I think everybody's just fine, if maybe a little rattled and hungry, like always hungry. And they probably have a few choice words to say to Bilbo, although I hope most of them are thank you. Thank you very much. So I did look at my map earlier when I finished the chapter and I looked again at the Elven King's Halls and we are pretty darn close to that there lonely mountain. So I'm thinking, especially since it said that we weren't going to talk anymore about these Avengers because we were wrapping up this part of the story. I'm thinking that, especially if it took them a month, that we are getting really close to that very special day when the light shines on the keyhole and that we need to be making our way towards the keyhole. So what I'm hoping happens is that whoever gives them a warm welcome also helps them make it that last bit of the way. So it is now September the 22nd or September the 21st. It's nighttime. So it must be September the 21st and they have until October 20th. So they've still got a month. Well, they got all that good elven wine, so, you know. Oh, wait, no, they don't. That's back in the Elf King Palace. They don't have, they got empty barrels. Okay, scratch that. Yes. So they have a month. Huh. Well, they're going to be welcomed, and maybe they'll get to enjoy themselves. Have some parties, celebrate their homecoming, even though they haven't quite come home yet. Yeah, it's not really home. I mean, it's not home at all, actually. So, I mean, are these... These are more elves, right? That are down there. Yep. So they've been—they've just been found by more elves. I told you, el- elves do their own thing. They're their own Uber drivers. So they just got the barrels. So need to exchange them for full ones. All right. So I'm wondering if there is not going to be some sort of 
exposition in this chapter in terms of storytelling or world building or something that we're going to need in order to move on to the Lonely Mountain and eventually find Smaug. We haven't heard about Smaug in an awfully long time. And I'm, I'm wondering if we just need a little refresher on some of that. I mean, this just seems like a good time to sit around somebody's fire and hear some more stories. I mean, the last time we were at someone's house, it was Bjorn's and Gandalf was doing the storytelling, but he was catching Bjorn up on everything that had already happened. I actually think we might have a version of that where the elves are telling something from history. The, you know, when Smaug settled there or something that happened in elvish history or something that the Mary 14 are going to need to know in order to be successful on the last part of their journey. To your knowledge, Balin, Dwalin, and Thorin were all living in the Lonely Mountain when Smaug came. Oh. So they definitely know what happened. Well, maybe they're the ones that get the story rolling or, or ask the questions or, hmm. So you think these elves are going to be helpful to our cause? Um, hmm. Uh, on a scale of Elrond to Thranduil, <laughs> how helpful will they be? Maybe they have to be convinced. And maybe now that we've had our little adventure in the barrels, maybe these are the elves that Thorin feels like it's okay to tell. Maybe they, I don't know. I don't know. We just escaped one band of elves. I, I don't... We did? I can't imagine that we need to escape these, too. I think maybe these... I think maybe these are the ones who, like, cook all the good food and get them talking. Although, I don't know. They had food up there, too. I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to be... I don't think they're going to be an obstacle. Okay, what, what's what's the king's name again? Thranduil. I think Thranduil was just ticked off that his parties got interrupted. He, you're imagining a bit of a party king and he just wants the party not, never to end? Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know. The hermit party king. He and his buddies are having a kegger and it got crashed. I mean, you know, why not? Why not be upset? I will now forever refer to him as the hermit party king having a kegger. <laughs> I don't want anyone in my forest and I want to party. <laughs> Get out of my kegger. <laughs> Didn't, don't have enough for guests. Bring your own. <laughs> That's it. It's an elven BYOB. All right. We are going to meet these new elves who are not going to be obstacles. We're going to learn some more information about Smaug and the Lonely Mountain and then continue on willy-nilly on our journey now to go north. I think so. I think this is the – especially, I mean, we were just told that this part of the journey is wrapping up, so – I think this is going to be the last, I mean, just actually similar to how we stayed with Elrond before we tackled the next series of obstacles. I think we just need, we, we need a little bit of refueling and then on to the doorway of the moonlight and on to Smaug. Uh, before we wrap up, I'm going to beg for people to start reviewing us on iTunes. Don't forget to send us emails. We're really keen to get them. Thanks for joining us. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Podmoot. Our email address is podmoot at gmail.com and our website is podmoot.com. If you'd like to contact me personally, I'm at Mel Bickett 
on Twitter and Instagram. Kristen, where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Kristen Conducts. Norvera Melon, until we meet again. Bye, y'all. Thank you.